Hello, my wonderful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are on the final book of She Gave Her All to the Hood's Finest, Wacko Reloaded, and we are also on day five of my own personal challenge of read a book, record a podcast. So let's jump into it and see how these crazy people round out their life. So we start off with Kamara at the gynecologist. She's having a checkup, but she finds out that she's pregnant. So she tells Tony, and at first she's upset because he doesn't seem like super excited about it, but he is happy. And the next morning, she is surprised with gifts and a card that says, thank you for cuz number two. Because because Tony is hood, he called the first baby, or calls the first baby, baby cuz. So this is cuz number two. Kamara has her own spa. And a girl comes in looking for an internship. And at first, Kamara refuses. She's like, you know, I don't do internships. I, you know, like, no, either you work here or you don't. So, no. And, but then she brings her on as her assistant. The girl's name is Kai. Tony gets a call from Jilly about an interview. Nala did, you know, like he, she calls him and says, you know, did you hear this interview? You know, like, what are your thoughts? And he's like, what are you talking about? And she tells him, I'm going to send it to you. So when he plays it in the interview, the radio, one of the radio hosts asked if she ever did anything with Tony and she is silent for too long. So there's a lot of dead airspace and people are free to fill in their own blanks. And this caused the host to react. And, you know, they're saying like, oh, she's quiet for too long. And then she grins and tries to refuse like, no, no, we never did anything. And one of the hosts says that they have to be fucking. She says, no, we are not still fucking. That is done and over with. So, of course, you know, that causes a big ruckus. And Tony is upset about it because it's like, you should have never said anything about it or said anything like that. Why would you put that out there? That doesn't look good for business for people to know that we slept together at one point. And you being messy about it. So Tony goes to the studio and literally pulls her out of the booth. Nala tries to backpedal because, you know, he's like, what, you thought that was cute what you did? You know, trying to insinuate that something could have been going on or something still is going on or that I mess with you like that. And she says no and says she will say whatever he wants her to say because she loves him. And he tells her to get over it, like... In the last book, I don't know if I touched on it, but when her baby daddy attacked her and she was in the car with Tony, she told him, you know, maybe if I didn't love somebody else, I could feel, oh, you are still be in love with my baby father. And Tony tells her, well, please go get the man you're in love with. And she tells him that it's you. So for her to tell him again that she loves him and both times he's told her, you know, I don't feel that way about you. I got my woman. I got my kid. Like, I'm happy. I will never be with you, even if I wasn't with her. Like, I just don't feel that way about you. 
Of course, he said it in a much more rude way, but I'm just trying to, you know, simplify it. And Kamara saw the interview as well and asked him to limit the time he spends with her because it's like, okay, you have to work, which you don't have to work for her, but she she can sing and she does bring in a lot of money. So Tony only sees it as business. But Kamara tells him, you know, if you have to work with her, please limit the time that you spend with her because it's obvious of her feelings for Tony. She don't try to hide him. And that's going to cause a problem between Kamara and Tony if he don't nip it in the bud. So, Joy, after seeing photos of Tony and Kamara's wedding, she has a mental breakdown and voluntarily checks into a 60-day psychiatric treatment, which I'm still not... It's like, girl, we are in book five. How are you still feeling this strongly about this man when he has told you from the beginning from the get-go, he don't care about you. You don't have four abortions, none of which he cared about. He don't let you get beat up two or three times in his face. Didn't care nothing about you. And you see photographs of this fan of, you know, this married couple and you still lose your mind and check yourself into the hospital. Kyder picks her up and not even five minutes later, she's bringing up Tony and it's just like, and I don't feel bad for Carter at all because it's like, you knew what you were getting into and you still signed up for it anyway. So it's like both of y'all are trying to interact with each other and none of the feelings are returned. Like Joy is in love with Tony, but he doesn't feel that way about her and I feel like Carter is in love with Joy and she doesn't return that feelings because she's in love with his cousin and you know she's just bringing up Tony and how I try and I try to get over Tony and be with you but you never quite cut it and it's like excuse me I don't quite cut it Carter drops her off and drops her telling her you know basically they're done and she tries to backpedal and says you know at first she didn't mean it like that but he's like no you actually did mean it and I'm fooling myself to think like this could work out between us and she like calls him and tells him to come back but he's like nah I'm good off you she meets Angel who is one of Tony's artists as well and they come up with a plan to plant a baby on Tony like to get revenge on him and somehow this is gonna make Kamara leave him and I'm just like that's the stupidest but like there was no thought put into this plan whatsoever and it's like how are y'all gonna make it work like two idiots working together it's not gonna come out right Raheem moved Amara and their baby to LA and it's Amara's birthday weekend so he got her plus her friends a private plane with a hotel room, a plush hotel in Madrid. So Dallas has a problem with this because she can sense that he's still in love with Amara, which is no secret. I mean, yeah, y'all are dating now, but that was no secret. Like, girl, he called her in your bathroom after y'all had sex with each other. Like, you didn't think it was a possibility that he was still in love with his ex-wife, who he still sometimes calls his wife? And he definitely is. On the way home for din- from dinner, 
Dallas discovers an expensive Chanel bracelet in his backseat that he tries to snatch out of her hand because she was like messing around with her earring and it flew off. So when she reaches in the back to get it, she sees the box. And at first she's thinking it's for her. And he tells her, you know, I got that for Amara for her birthday. It's like, you already got her this plane and this hotel room for not just her, but also her friends. And now you got her this expensive bracelet. And for some reason, she doesn't end it then and there. Um, she just goes in the house. Like, he drops her off and then goes to Amara's house to give her the necklace. And he's trying to, like, stunt a little bit with his new relationship. And he wants her to be jealous. But Amara just tells him flat out, you are not a man to be jealous over. Like, I had you. You were my husband. And look at how you did me. Why would I care that you are now in a relationship with somebody else? Go stress her out. Go do that to her. You won't be doing it to me no more. Why would I want you back? That's nothing to want back. And, you know, he gets in his feelings about it. But it's the truth. You are not somebody to be desired, Raheem. Like, if I did get back with you, that would be going backwards. And who wants to do that? So Naima is working with a big time artist. Her name is Roxy. She has a man who is a producer. His name is Matt King. Uh, Naima goes to pick up Tony, but Star leaves to Calabasas with her new boyfriend when she knew that he was on his way. Because like he called her, said, I'm on my way to come pick him up. She says, okay. So when he gets to her house... And she's like, oop, I left. And it's like, really, girl? You still feeling away? He ain't with you no more, so you feel away? Because even if she do got a boyfriend, it's just like, why would you keep him from spending time with his son? And in my opinion, I'd be rushing back to the courts because it's just like, if we have set times and I call and I tell her that I'm here to get my son and then she leaves, that's not fair. I would be documenting that. Kamara, while out shopping with baby Houston, because that's the baby's name. He's named after his dad. And I don't think I ever said that, but Tony's real name is Houston Terranova. But nobody ever calls him that except for Kamara and sometimes Nyla when she's trying to feel special. But yeah, she's out shopping with baby. I want to call him baby cuz with baby Houston and Shanice, and Matt King, the producer of the big artist Roxy, he approaches her, but she, like, pays him no mind, like, you know, I got a husband, I got my baby, I'm good, so she's looking at two purses and can't decide which one she wants until she finally picks one, and this guy buys the other purse that she was looking at, but she doesn't take it, you know, she throws it in the trash, And he sends her a few DMs about how bad he wants her. But she's just ignoring it because, of course, her man is crazy. And she would kill not only him, but, you know, her her as well. Eden is sexually frustrated because Ruby does not want to be touched. I think she's like, she's really pregnant and she's just irritable. She just doesn't want to be touched by him. Like, leave me alone. 
at one of his shows, Holly invites Frida, which was the stripper that he used to go with and no longer does, to the show. And Frida is trying to slide back in and get payback on Ruby. So basically, basically doing what Ruby did to her. And she still has feelings for him, even though she is the one that broke up with him when he like kind of threw in her face that he cheated on her because before she knew him, she was trying to, she wanted to get with Tony, but then when she saw that wasn't going to happen because Tony was talking crazy out his mouth and ain't nobody trying to hear that from him. She went to eat, like eating was second best. And she heard that he'd be buying for bags and all that type of stuff. So, you know, she broke it off with him. But now she's coming back and she has feelings for him. And when he doesn't give her like any play, he thanks her for coming to the show and that's it. Then Holly like calls Eden and lies about their daughter being sick to get him to come over. And once again, Frida is there and they almost have a threesome, but Ruby calls him. And that's the only thing that stops him is the fact that Ruby called him. And it's like, so you were once again about to have sex with the baby mama that you swear that you hate. And then your ex-girlfriend, like, yeah, that wouldn't have worked out badly in the end. Julie is attempting to build her clientele, you know, to not just style clothes for all of making a killing. She wants to branch out. Excuse me. But Naima doesn't want her working with any men so she can only style women. And it's like, what? How is that fair? Like, I'm styling clothes. You can't just think I'm a cheat at the top at the drop of a hat. And she agrees and turns down a potential client. So then she goes to Nala's house for a fitting. And while trying on clothes, they're not fitting correctly. Like, they're too tight on Nala. And she finds out that Nala is pregnant. But she doesn't, like, Nala tells Jilly that she doesn't want to keep the baby because it's not Tony's baby. And it's like, how is every woman he has sex with totally insane so it's like you have a boyfriend you have somebody that you're in a relationship with that you're having sex with and this results in a baby but you don't want it because it's not the guy that you had sex with what one time how does that make sense it doesn't and it sounds so creepy it's like girl are you serious you had you gave him head and you had sex with him one time y'all didn't like communicate sexually anymore after that like he paid you does talks to you rude treat you bad but you're just so in love because what he's cute he's sexy like what he's a thug like everybody loves thug appeal but really you ready to kill a whole baby just because it's not somebody else's who don't even want you don't even pay you no attention if it's my business okay girl and Jilly tells Tony this, but he really don't care. Anyway, Ahmad begs her to work for him, and she agrees. She decides she'll just keep it a secret from Naima. Jilly calls Tony with him, with that information, and he can care less. He says, you know, 
do whatever you got to do. Get her some new clothes and make sure they fit. She could kill the baby for all I care. You know, that's not my business. And he has a new artist named Brooklyn that is so thirsty. Like, she's another girl that wants him, but again, he ain't giving him no place, giving her no place, excuse me. And she comes up with so many excuses one night to get a ride from him. Because he's like, you know, you can catch the bus. I don't do buses. Well, get an Uber. I don't have my debit card on me. I left it at home. So it's just like anything to get in his car. And he's like, okay, you want to ride in my car? This fool pops open the trunk. And the dummy actually gets in the trunk just to ride with him. Like, girl, what? As soon as he would have popped open that trunk and said, get in, I'd have been like, you know what? I just found my debit card. It's cool. Ruby has their baby, and the baby is named Elijah, and her dad questions Eden on his intentions, and Eden promises marriage is in the future. Kamara pays her a visit when she goes home about slacking on her job. There was interviews that she was supposed to put in place, and she didn't make them happen. You know, she's just been worried about the baby, which you can't blame her on, but it's also like, Okay, this is business. You need to also get that together, too. Like, you got to juggle both of them or decide you ain't going to do it at all. Raheem proposes to Dallas at a basketball game in hopes of getting a reaction out of Amara. But she just congratulates him. And he's pissed to know she and Dallas actually speak to each other on IG. Like, you know, they have friendly conversation. There's no animosity between them and this upsets him because he's really only in this relationship with Dallas just to see if Amara will feel away and so to find out that she doesn't that nothing he does really affects her is upsetting him so it's like basically you playing with Dallas's feelings while trying to also play with Amara's feelings but she not she don't care And he loses his mind, like, when his daughter tells him that mommy has a friend. But he's trying to question her, you know, like, who is this friend? Who you got around my daughter? And it's just like, do you, you don't even have the right to question me. Like, don't ask me no questions. And they're not guys that she's dating. Like, they are literally just friends. So what do you feel away about? Naima is directing Roxy's video, and Matt King is asking him questions about Tony and Kamara. Like, is Tony faithful? Is Kamara happy? And Naima's looking at him like, why are you asking me this? And he just says straight up, like, you know, because I'm trying to slide in, so I just need to know which way can I work my way into this situation. And Naima kind of tells him, you know, I don't think you want to do that so Kamara stops by her mother's house that she's selling now who you remember her mom went to jail for killing her girlfriend with her little boy toy that lived right next door so Kamara got control of the house and she's selling the house so as she's leaving she is greeted by Marcel. Marcel was Dries' best friend. So he recently got out of jail and wants to grab a meal with her 
which she shuts down. She's like, you know, because he's looking at the jewelry she got on, looking at her car, and he's like, dang, you moved on, and kind of like tries to call her greasy, but then turns around and invites her to lunch, and she's like, you know, if I'm so grimy as you're trying to say I am, why are you inviting me out to have a bite to eat with you? She wants she wants to see Tony, so she goes to the studio where she sees Nala alone and tries to make her leave, but Nala insists she's waiting on Houston, Tony, and Tony sides with Nala, like, you know, because Kamara says, you know, can you make her leave? She don't need to be here while you listen to this music, and basically Tony is like, you know, it's a couple tracks, and after that, we'll be done. So Nala kind of looks at her like, hmm, take that. And Kamara attempts to leave, but Tony makes her sit there, you know, while they listen to it. And I would have left. I don't care how mad he get, I would have got up and left. Because it's just like, she really didn't need to be there. It's like, you can listen to those songs on your own, write down some notes or put it in your phone and give it to her later. Y'all don't have to be sitting side by side. And as your wife, I've already told you that this makes me uncomfortable. So why do you continue to do it? And then when I show you I'm upset, like you're going to force me to sit here and listen to this. You can't force me to do nothing. Me and my baby are leaving. You can be Tony Wacko all you want. I'll whack your ass upside your head. Like, no, I'm leaving. Shanice goes to get checked out and the doctor says she's fine because she wants to have a baby. She tries to get Wade to go get checked out, but he refuses very rudely. Like he doesn't even want to talk about it, have a discussion about it. And Sherry is in the kitchen in their house. Excuse me, yet again. She's still staying in the guest house, but she comes to the main house to cook. And she tells Shanice that she thinks Wade had a vasectomy while they were still married because he did not want children. But Shanice tells her that Wade said it was the opposite and that she didn't want to have kids. And she just tells her that that's not true. So Ruby's six weeks are not up yet. So there has to be something that they can do in the meantime. This is what Eden tells Ruby. He says, I'm back the hell up and I'm about to leave the state for a couple shows this weekend. So, you know, basically like help your man out. And Ruby cusses him out. Like, you know, I just had a baby and you're not even asking me how I'm doing. You don't even take him off my hands. You just worried about you. So, you know what? Why don't you go on your little show? Or if you feel like you want to cheat, go ahead and do that. But I'm not doing nothing with you. So Frida sends him a video of her playing with herself and he jacks off to it in the bathroom and then goes and lays down next to Ruby, which I find to be very disgusting. It's like, I just had a baby. Like my body, like I'm not comfortable with this body yet. My body is changing and I'm trying to adjust to that while taking care of a baby, while also working. But all you seem to care about is having sex with me. You ain't even stopped to ask me how I'm doing. Okay. See, I don't I don't know what it is. Like, 
because I've, I've never been in a relationship, so it can't be that part, but it's just like, every time I hear a story, I'm like, oh, I'd have been left. You stay for more stuff that I'd have been left. We wouldn't have got to this part. Because even from the get-go, like, he's not a good person. And he doesn't seem like a person you would want to be in a relationship with. But Ruby went through all of this to get him, so I guess she's going to keep him. And after receiving some terrible advice from Houston, he goes home and tries to get head from Ruby. And again, she shuts him down. Like, you know, I said, no, I don't want to do that. And basically, Tony told him. Told him to go home and just like put his dick in her mouth and <laughs> and he's just like why would you listen to that fool? So he's now in Vegas and they just performed and Frida pops up and gives him head in his dressing room and it's just like why would you why would you do that to Ruby y'all got like y'all fought so hard to get here and now that y'all are together this this is what you do. You jump right back in the ring. And it's just, I guess it's a, is it a good thing that he don't go and get nobody new? But it's like, you sticking to the same three women. Holly, Frida, Ruby. Ruby, Frida, Holly. Well, you almost had the threesome with Holly. But it's like, after the baby got here, they really haven't been messing around. But for somebody you claim to, hey, you still almost slept with her again in the threesome. And I don't get that. Jilly is pregnant, so that's great for her. Brielle pops up at the studio for Tony, and, you know, she has gotten married. She's closer to God, and she plans to confessing, she plans to confess the murdering of her mom, and Tony chokes her up and tells her she better keep her mouth shut, or if you plan to confess you better keep me out of it holly is starting to drop hints to ruby that frida is back around eden and ruby at first she tries to ignore it because it's like it's holly don't nobody really pay holly any attention but holly shows her the proof so this upsets ruby raheem had sex with a stripper from the pink cherry and he doesn't regret it because like I said he he doesn't really want to be with Dallas so it's like when him having sex with that stripper he really didn't care and Dallas is making all these plans and talking about the wedding and he's like yeah yeah sure whatever you want but he really don't care Star tells their son that he won't Star tells their son Timothy that Naima won't be his dad anymore because Jilly is now pregnant and of course this upsets Naima because it's like why would you tell him that you and this is something I did not get because it's like Ruby in the last book the way it ended it's like Star now had I think I said Ruby and this ain't got nothing to do with Ruby Star has a boyfriend and she was starting to act right that's how book four ended off so it's like now that we got to five and even in the beginning when Naima went to pick up Timothy she was going off with her boyfriend it was like she's supposed to have this boyfriend now and not be the bitter baby mama but that's turning out turning out not to be the case like she's starting 
her BS all over again like she did in the last book. Kamara's dad comes down to her spa to ask her to fund a mechanic shop he wants to open and she turns him down. It's just like, did you not forget, first of all, how you treated me before my boyfriend even died? It was like, I was just a roommate in your house. We never even had that type of relationship. And then when my boyfriend did get killed right in front of me, you kicked me out like within 10 minutes of that time span. And you also hit me like, and now that you see I got money, you feel like I'm just going to give it to you so you can open a mechanic shop. That's not how this works. So Shanice's former mother-in-law wants to meet up. She wants all the things that Shanice got in Paul's will. And rightfully so, Shanice refuses. The difference is now that he's dead, you are no longer, you are no different from a friend that he had during his lifetime. So they'll see each other in court. And it's just like, this was my husband, lady, mother-in-law, whatever your name is. And it's just like, okay, yeah, he's dead now, but I was still his wife. And I was owed those things and I was rightfully willed those things from my husband. So yeah, I got a new man. Yeah, he's my fiance. But, you know, those are still my things. I don't owe them to you as his parents just because you feel now that he's dead, he no longer meant anything to me or that doesn't hold up in court. Because it's like, these are court papers and you know, there is laws in place for, like, these things belong to me. It's not like I stole them from y'all and you're trying to get them back. They belong to me. And because he's dead, that does not mean I was basically just a friend to him. No, that was my husband. Because if he was still alive, he would still be my husband. So what are you talking about? And I'm trying to understand how the our former mother-in-law is coming at her like this because... In the last book, they just swore they loved her so much and, you know, everything was great. So I don't, I don't know. That kind of throws me for a loop. And Shanice sets the mood for Wade because they haven't been seeing eye to eye lately. And she asks him, did he have a vasectomy? And he says, no. And asks her, you know, like, where is that coming from? And she tells him, you know, like, I had a conversation with Sherry, and this is what Sherry said. So he goes to confront Sherry, who says she never told Shanice that. And Wade doesn't know who to believe, so she attempts to leave and tells him to remarry Sherry then, because as... And that was another... Okay, I guess I missed that part, because he's not her fiancé. They didn't get married. Okay. Sorry, I'm mixing up details. So it's just like, you know, I'm telling you what this woman told me. And you're going to tell me, you know, like, she's like my best friend. She's never lied to me before, before. So I don't really know who to believe. You don't? Let me help you out then. Like, Shanice had it right. I would have left. It's like she attempts to leave, but he doesn't let her go anywhere. Like, oh, I would have left. Like. 
I ain't got no reason to lie to you. And the fact that this woman is still in this house. It's like she's supposed to be staying in the guest house. She should not have free range to the main house. I don't care how much of like a best friend she is. So Eden, really because he's feeling guilty, proposes at one of his shows and Ruby accepts. And Frida calls and texts him, but he doesn't respond because she's feeling away. And, you know, like, but you don't have a right to feel away. Like, yeah, y'all had sex and, you know, you felt like you got your get back, but he doesn't belong to you. That didn't mean that y'all was going to get back together with each other. So then she shows up at the studio and throws a pot of chili on him, which all I could do was think of what it was at the office where he dropped the pot of chili on the floor. And it's just like, how do you show, like, do you know how mad you have to be to cook chili and then travel with that chili and then carry that chili into the studio and then like have the energy to throw that pot because I know it's heavy because it's filled with chili like girl what all over a man that you don't have rights to okay you know hey okay Jilly goes to eat with Ahmad after interview that he does and Star is there so she says she's been following her since she left the house this morning like that's not creepy And it's now six o'clock at night. So she took pictures of Jilly and Ahmad with plans to send them to Naima. And this makes no sense because it's just like, are you trying to blackmail me? I'm not scared. I'm like, all right, send them. Okay. Because with Julie acting all nervous and basically begging her not to send those pictures, uh, Star now has the upper hand and you gave her the upper hand. And Naima had decorated the room in flowers for her, but she came home too late. So he just cleaned it up and like put all the stuff away. And he told her, you know, he had plans to propose, but, um, but that was all over. So she's like, no, 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 no. And he still proposes to her anyway. And of course she accepts. So when she goes to see Ahmad again, he asks her to pretend to date him to protect his image because he's actually gay. And, you know, the media was was getting suspicious on why they never see him out with a woman. And he just needs a woman to date to protect his image because it's like there's not a lot of out and proud gay black man in Hollywood and there's a reason for that like they're not really accepted and it's just like one that is true that is not a lie but also you don't have to be seen out with a woman to fight you know those gay rumors you could just say you're not gay because there's plenty of single straight men who is just like I don't feel like dating. I'm not dating anybody right now. So you're not going to see me with anybody right now. But there, there is people or there are people who do play that paparazzi game. So they just feel like they have to be seen with people. So they're going to do it, but I wouldn't do it. 
And of course, Julie has to refuse because she tells him, you know, like, I'm engaged now. So and that would be wrong to my fiance. So I'm sorry. I can't do it. Matt King comes to Kamara's spa for a facial. And then later, Roxy shows up trying to have a woman to woman. And basically, Kamara shuts her down. She's like, do you know who my husband is? Tony Wacko. Like, girl, do you really think I want your man when I got my man? No, I don't. So excuse yourself and don't ever try to come at me like this again. Ruby has a talk with Tony who tells her she's good at her job. She's just overthinking it because she goes to him and begs him not to fire her. He's like, girl, ain't nobody going to fire you. You know, you're doing a good job. Just do your job. Eden is in a rush to get married, so they go down to the courthouse, and as soon as she posts her ring to social media, Holly DMs her saying she must have forgave him for fucking Frida. So when Ruby doesn't believe her, Holly sends her the video of Frida going into his dressing room in Vegas, and just like that, Ruby's fairy tale is over. It's like, you know, this is why you were in such a rush to get married because you knew your dirt was about to come out or had the possibility of coming out. Raheem, he has a heart to heart with Dallas telling her that they cannot get married because he doesn't want to marry her. And he admits to not being in love with her. Instead, she's just like the homie, like they can kick it together. Or more like friends with benefits, because it's like, although you claim she's like the homie, you're still having sex with her. And he tells her he is still in love with Amara. And Dallas tries to refute it, saying, no, you're not. You're just nervous that the wedding date is approaching. And he tells her, you know, I'm not nervous. I just don't want to do this. Like, I even slept with a stripper not too long ago. And I don't feel no way about telling you that. And she slaps him and leaves. And he goes over to Amara's place and pleads his chance one more time. Like, you know, please give me a chance. I love you. I want to make this work with you. And she agrees. And I don't understand why. I'm just like, you know, first of all, y'all living in two different states. I don't like long distance dating for reasons like this, I don't think it can work because it's like y'all are leading two completely different lives. And it's like he out here doing his music thing. So he got used to being alone and being single. It's like, yeah, y'all were married, but it was really like y'all kind of married over the phone. And then it's like you out in Vegas, it's just you and your daughter. Yeah, she knows her dad, but it's like, really, I only know dad. Like if we could possibly go on a vacation, y'all not spending no real time together and then it's like not only that then you find out that this man cheated not once not twice what three or four times and then it's like when you do come out to visit all his people don't even know that he married or that he even got a child like they all shocked as hell when you show up with your baby like make it make sense what does he deserve a second chance on Back in the day when y'all didn't have no money and it was love there, like, you can't survive off memories. At some point, you got to move on. So with what you're presented with and what you're working with, how does he deserve a date, a chance, or anything? He doesn't.
And it's like you were pregnant again at one point and you aborted the baby just so you wouldn't have ties to him. But because he won't leave you alone and he said he begged and he basically just broke you down and you agreed to it. Okay. When Naima goes to pick up Timothy, Star tells him about Jilly and the working with the mod. So he goes home to confront Jilly, who admits it, and he rushes out of the house. And for some reason, he is just so upset about the possibility of her working with a man when you are working with a woman right now. But it's different for you because you're a man. You can work with men or women, and she just has to stick with women because you're uncomfortable with her working with a woman. Like, how does, I mean, with a man... How does that make sense? It doesn't, but it's man logic and it makes sense to them. So he rushes out the house and he goes to Roxy's house and I guess was going to try to make himself have sex with her just because he was so mad at Jilly. It's like, she's working. She wasn't cheating on you. So you go rush into a woman because your fiance was working with another man, not having sex with, not dating. They weren't seen kissing nothing but because she what went against your wishes that gives you the right to cheat now okay you know what I just like I don't get it and it's like I guess he wants a pat on the back because he didn't actually have sex with her it was like but almost though it's like you let this girl get naked and you was like no nah, I can't do it but you were about to though just because she didn't do what you said to. So he goes back home and they have another discussion and Jilly lets him know that Ahmad is gay. So even with her working with him, nothing was going to happen. It's like that does, his sexuality does not matter. He could have been a straight man that wanted to date you or wanted to have some type of interaction with you. But if you say no and it's just business, that is what it is. And he shouldn't feel no type of way about that because the same way he expects you to trust him about being alone with women and working with women that should be reciprocated and if it's not then that's a problem Kamara, Jilly, and Ruby are at her house you know getting their nails done when Jilly shows them Joy's Instagram it's a post that says wow my ex is having another baby so Kamara waves it off thinking she's talking about the rumor going around the pink berry because it's already been put out that Tony might have another baby on the way. And so Jilly says it's probably about Nala and Kamara, Kamara's like, Nala, what she got to do anything? And so Jilly tells her about Nala's abortion, which upsets Kamara, in which this I'm upset with Jilly for this because it's like, why? It's almost like you love keeping up drama because why would you tell your sister-in-law this? You, I wouldn't want nobody telling me that type of information. It's like, I don't care. See? And then when Kamara act the fool, everybody want to think like she crazy. Like, I don't want to hear about this girl who slept with my man who I have a problem with her still working with my man having abortion having an abortion because it's not my husband's and it's like the way I read like the way I took it in the book is like 
Julie couldn't wait to, uh, you know, share this gossip. Like, oh, girl, let me tell you. She got rid of her baby because she said it's not Tony's baby. And so she just didn't want to have it. Like, really? And you my sister? Okay. <clears throat> so she packs up her baby and goes down to the studio. Tony isn't there. He went to go get food. So she waits for him to come back. So he walks in and Nala is following behind him. So she don't brought one of Tony's guns down to the studio and she aiming it at both of them. <laughs> and, but Tony snatches it away from her. She barks on him about still being alone with her after she asked him not to. It's like, you know, why are you going on fool runs with this bitch? And why is she following behind you like some little sick puppy? And he explains it away like, no problem. He's like, you know, I said I was going to get food. She tagged alone. It ain't like we holding hands. It's like, y'all ain't got to be holding hands. I told you I'm not comfortable with it. And everybody knows that this bitch still got feelings for you. She looking at you all googly eyed. And you just, just because you ain't returning the feeling, that's just supposed to be okay. I'm like, all right, let, let me do that same thing. And would it be okay? No. So, to get back at him, she accepts an invitation from Mac to one of his artist shows. So, she and Ruby get all dolled up, and they go to the show. After the show, Mac shows her to a private room that has food, and he even bought her a few gifts. So, he gives her a Hermes box and leaves out the room. It's a Birkin bag. She isn't going to take it home because if she actually takes home a gift from somebody else, Tony would, you know, it would be a problem. So, but Ruby takes it. She's like, you know, give it to me. And Kamara says, what about Eden? She said, man, fuck Eden. Ain't nobody worried about him. So two gunshots ring out in like the hallway. Tony has shown up. He beats up Mac and takes Kamara out. And when they get home, Tony asks her, you want me to beat on you and kill niggas all day, don't you? And she says, no, I just want you to see how it feels to have some, to have the one you love around somebody they know is infatuated with you. And Tony doesn't think it's the same thing, but I can get how Kamara would think it is. Because it's just like, you are around this bitch all day, knowing that she loves you. And she just wants to be up under you. So, yeah, I'm going to go spend a little time with this dude I know likes me, too. He ain't got nothing coming. But, you know, I'm going to sit there and look pretty and just let him fawn all over me. It's the same thing. Kamara tells Tony he might as well go be with Nala and leave her and the baby alone. So, Tony snatches her up and tells her if she says something like that again, he'll bust her in her mouth. So, she slaps him and she goes into the house you know but she can't sleep because anytime they fight it upsets her so she goes back outside where he's you know sitting by himself looking very sad and the thing she said to him like they get to him because he tells her you know I thought I had this all mapped out I thought I was actually doing pretty good you know being a husband and a father so she backtracks and she tells him, you know, you are a wonderful husband, a wonderful father. I'm sorry for being jealous. And, you know, they basically talk about how much 
they're jealous over each other and how much they love each other and whoop de whoop and everything is all good between them now. So Sherry is now moved out of the guest house and Shanice is finally pregnant. So Kamara comes over and they go through the guest house and Kamara finds a plan B in the trash. And they have put it together that Sherry was putting plan B's in Shanice's food to keep her from getting pregnant. And it's just like, why would you do such a thing? You were the one that didn't want to have kids with him. It's like y'all got a divorce. But now that you see the new woman has moved in and she wants a baby, you're sabotaging that? In court with her former mother-in-law, she wins and doesn't have to give up anything. But when she talks to them in the parking lot, she decides to give it give it all to them with the exception of a few sentimental items. Which I would not have because it's like, what's the purpose of going to court if you were going to turn around and give them everything anyway? It's like you fought for it. Like, first of all, it was yours in the first place. But the fact that you also fought and won, like they wouldn't have got nothing. And the only reason why they did this is because they were upset to find out that she had cheated on their son. You know, like while he was passing away, she was laid up with somebody else. And it's like, but that's technically that's not your business, though. And so now that you find out something that I did that was wrong, now you want to fight me for items that legally and rightfully belong to me? That don't make no sense. And she and Wade go over to Sherry's new house under the guise of apologizing. And that's what Shanice tells Wade. But when she gets there, she punches the shit out of Sherry. And Wade is like, you, you know, what is that for? And... Shanice didn't tell him, but she's like, at first, but she tells him after he dragged her back to the car, it's like, you know, she's been putting plan B's in my food so I couldn't have babies. So, no, I'm not sorry. I just wanted to get close enough so I could punch that hole in her face. What? Eden has a talk with Ruby's dad. Like, you know, I did this. I messed up, but I want her back. What do I do? And Ruby's dad, I think, gives her gives him the key to her place. So then when Ruby shows up, she flips the script and asks if her ex gave her head, would he forgive would he forgive her? You know, like let's say the roles are reversed and everything you did, I did. Would I should I be forgiven? You know, would you forgive me? And of course not. The answer is no. And it's like, of course. Men really think they can go out here and do all the dirt in the world. And if they say sorry, that's just the end of it. Or if they buy something, that's just the end of it. And it's like, okay, yeah, that may work on a few women, but no, that's not even, okay. It's like, there's so much misogyny. It just doesn't make sense. You don't get to go out and do what you want. And then I have to follow these rules you have set. She's apartment hunting and she's going on a date. He drops, Eden drops Haley off to Holly, who says she's been thinking of signing over her parental rights to 
Ruby and Eden. She just wants to focus on her career and being child free. Although her mama is the one who's actually raising Haley, like when it's Holly's turn. And he has a final goodbye conversation with with Frida that is captured and posted to a gossip page that makes it seem as if they're still messing around. Jilly turns down Ahmad's proposition to play his beard. I thought I said that already. And she's on the way to pick up Timothy, but she catches a flat tire. And she calls Naima to tell him, you know, like, I have a flat tire, so I'm running a little bit high. And so he's like, you know, can't you get there? You know, she be tripping when you're not on time. It's like, I called you and told you I had a flat tire. I'm doing the best I can. So, of course, when she gets there, Ruby isn't letting her take him. And she confesses to, you know, slicing the tire just so she would be late. And it's just like, what? So you set up this whole plan. And it's like, how did you slice her tire, then have time to make it home and pretend like, you know, you've been at home. And then when she comes to get him, oh, you were late. So now you can't pick him up. Julie slaps her and rushes into the house and gets Timothy and jumps back in the Uber. So now they're back in court, Star versus Naima, and he wants a professional meditator so Star can't pull any more tricks with his son. So he wins the case and is also granted a restraining order against her because they had video footage of her slicing the tires and other evidence just to show that she's been stalking them and acting crazy. And the judge tells her, you know, you cannot keep his son from him just because he doesn't want you anymore. That has nothing to do with it. And it's like basically like better yourself is what the judge told her. So Tony finds out the new waitress at the Pink Cherry, which he bought and owns, is the one who is supposed to be pregnant by him. And he hems her up learning that Angel and Joy were behind the whole plot. Eden is waiting for Ruby in her apartment with dinner. He apologizes for his infidelity and she agrees to come back home, but he has to move into the guest room and he agrees to do that. So Kamara and Tony are doing the final walkthrough through her mom's house. And as they're leaving, Marcel pops up yet again. But this time, since Tony is there, they have words who pulls out a gun and shoots Marcel at point blank range. And it's like basically just walks away because he calls a cleanup crew and gets that taken care of very quickly. They go to the doctor and find out they are, in fact, having a baby boy or another baby boy because throughout the book, Kamara's been thinking, you know, this could finally be our girl. But at one point, Tony put his ear up to her stomach and said, oh, that's another boy. I hear him crip walking in your stomach right now. (laughs) I'm sorry. I find that so funny. Um, And at the end of a work day, Kai asks for a ride home. And although she doesn't want to, Kamara agrees. And Kai is actually what is this, Valencia, who is Vernon's sister, 
And his brother Vance was her pretend boyfriend that she had come into the spa. And he's broken out of jail. They've been plotting on her since they think that Tony killed Vernon. Excuse me, Vernon over Jilly. So when Valencia calls her a hoe, this makes Camara very upset. And she just goes crazy. Like she just starts whooping Valencia's ass and Vance has to grab her and Valencia runs like to the other side of the street just so she won't get hit anymore so Tony pops up and kills both of them and Kamara asks you know how did he find her and he says he has a tracker on her truck which she doesn't have a problem with because you know in the end it saved her Telling Tony that she has to go to the grocery store one day. She actually goes to the studio in which she had called Joy and Nala from like the work phone. And they show up thinking it's Tony that called them. And Kamara beats both of them up, tases them, and ties them up. And like when she's done, then Tony shows up and it's like, girl, what is you doing? Untie these hoes. And she's like, no, I had a point to prove. He's like, babe, I think you proved it you know untie these holes and get them on my studio so now we are at the epilogue which is the final final you know stories for these people Kamara and Tony now have a four-year-old which is Houston Jr. and a two-year-old which is Camden and she is currently pregnant with their baby girl Jilly and Naima have a daughter. They name her Jillian. Ruben and Eden are doing great. Ruby adopted Haley. So, you know, now they have Haley and Elijah. And for some reason, Raheem and Amara are remarried and she is seven months pregnant. And that's the end for everybody. And I just say for some reason, because I do not understand why. Raheem and Amara got remarried. He did not deserve a happy ending. It's just like Raheem was terrible. They really all of them are terrible except for Kamara. Because in my eyes, she didn't really do anything wrong in any of the books. But it's like, Tony, I could never. I want to cry just thinking about it. I could never have somebody talk to me like that. I'm too sensitive too sensitive but yeah but Raheem there's no way him and Amara should have got back together let alone remarried let alone had another child and it's like girl if you were just gonna do all this you could have kept the baby you aborted but you know that's none of my business and that's just how we gonna end this oh excuse me all right and that is the end and I will be back next episode with a standalone standalone book all of the books I usually read are urban fiction, you know, with the drug dealers and the hood niggas. But this one isn't that. It's still, I don't want to say urban, but it's black people, which is my steez. And it's a nice romantic love story. And we'll get into it. It's called Forever After by Betty Ford. And I will see you next time. Hope you come back. Peace and blessings, y'all.